0: And we are live. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? This is Pack Center, your one stop shop for all things Nevada Sports, the only student ran sports podcast here on this great university. I'm your host, Austin Pashke, joined by my co hosts Isaiah Burrows and Tyler Seth. How are we doing today, boys? Fantastic. Fantastic, Fantastic. It's Thursday. Hey, like me my Thursdays. You know, you you like how I didn't call you a guest anymore, just co-host? Yeah, I appreciate cool. that. That's cool yeah. with me, man. Stephen, you know, I'm always man. here. I'm always here. Well, we got a great episode for you guys today. We got softball and baseball action that happened last weekend. We got women's golf, track and field, men's and women's tennis, swimming and diving, wrapping up their Mountain West uh championships and then women's and men's basketball as well. It's going to be a busy one, but it's going to be an action-packed episode, so you guys got to stay tuned and we will be right back. We are back ready to rock and roll. Let's just dive straight into the nitty gritty because we got a action packed episode today. So we got to get things rolling softball and we'll get to baseball, but both kind of rough to start out a little, a little rough on both ends. Softball is one and eight right now. Baseball is oh and three, probably with would have been oh and four if they didn't get the cancellation. Let's ooh, be honest here. Ooh, they're, they're playing not good, not good at all. Another rough weekend for Nevada women's softball as they go 1 and 3 last weekend in the Libby Mason tournament. We are now 1 and 8 on the season. The first day of the tournament Nevada was able to split their two games uh, uh on the day and L against Seattle. Uh, we scored 3 runs, they scored 4, but then we took that dub against CSUN 7 to 1. Ashley Salusa. Yeah, Ashley Salusa. Salusa Salusa and Charlie McLendon combined for seven hits on the day, while Sierra Mello had four to herself. All three recorded multi-hit games against CSUN, while Mello had one against Seattle U in the morning game. Ashley Salusa also hit her first home run on the year in the win against CSUN. On that second day, though, we went 0-2 with losses both to CSU Bakersfield and University of the Pacific, Four errors against CSU Bakersfield were costly as five of their eight runs scored were unearned. Haley Merlino goes two and four in both games combined with an RBI and a walk. Melly Melly Tenzinga also launched her first homer of the year in the loss to University of Pacific. Next games for the team starts tomorrow with a back-to-back playing Utah Valley followed by St. Mary's. But this was a rough one. This was rough weekend followed, or that was preceded by the first rough weekend. We are now one and eight on the season. How much stock do we put into this first weekend, Tyler? I'll go with you because you are softball slash baseball expert. How does how much stock should we put in these first couple weekends? I mean, it's tough because you
1: know this team is so new playing together, um, and you kind of see the offensive output start to come up against Northridge. Uh, and then in those two games on Sunday, we scored two and three runs respectively. Do You'd like to see those numbers go up, but I'm not putting too, too much stock in it. I think this team needs to get their feet wet a little bit. Um, I think this n- upcoming weekend is going to be the biggest tell. Uh, it's kind of going to be like the, you know, if they're going to bounce back or is this going to be kind of a theme we see the rest of the season? The real answer is this upcoming weekend. But I think the first, uh, the first two um, tournaments, excuse me, We're you know against some pretty good competition. We played Oklahoma, who was like third in the country. We only lost nine to three. So you know we play a good Stanford team as well, who's uh, eleven and two if I'm not mistaken right now. Utah Valley is eight and three. So some other good competition. So uh, if we can't really you know at least have close games this next upcoming kind of
0: two-game split and the three uh, at Stanford, it's going to be a tough season for the ladies. Yeah, and a lot of lot of softball coming up. Two on Friday, tomorrow starting 10-30 and then 12-30 uh, and then two on Saturday, one and three and then one on Sunday. So five games this weekend to get your softball fix in. Isaiah, is the sky falling for the softball team? or I mean, what's going on? One and eight. It's definitely not the start that we envisioned uh, for the softball season.
2: I think it's still early, and you're seeing some signs of improvement at least, especially from the offensive standpoint. Right. I mean, you're coming off the year five straight games in, you're scoring less than three runs in all five games. You're getting shut out. At least we're seeing some improvement along the lines of three runs, seven runs, three runs, two runs. Is it still enough to get the dub on some occasions? No. But at the same time, you're coming off a couple tough losses, and I think when you string together some offensive performances with the pitching staff we have – not just in the starting rotation, but in the bullpen as well. I think it could be really important and key throughout this California stretch that Tyler just mentioned against Utah Valley, St. Mary's, and then Stanford. So signs of improvement, and if Nevada softball showed you anything last year, they finished strong. Same with baseball. Both programs know how to finish strong. So it's still so early, and you're seeing the offense kind of pick up and find its momentum a little bit.
0: Well, what's crazy to me is that how— the caliber of teams that we're playing in the non-conference and even if we don't do well in the non-conference looking at baseball as well is like we play some really good teams to kind of get us prepared for conference play I mean you're looking at like Tyler said University of Oklahoma we play we just played Oregon that uh, first weekend and then we have again St. Mary's coming up three games at Stanford Oregon State Pac-12 team we're, we're playing these teams that are going to get us hopefully we hope to get us ready for conference play Because like we've been saying for um, a lot of these sports is that's what we really have to be focusing on right now. You know, the slow starts are okay as long as they prepare us for conference play. But looking at these games ahead, Utah Valley, St. Mary's and then three games at Stanford. How do you guys think this uh, this upcoming weekend is going to go? Do you think we'll get more than one win on a weekend? Uh, What do you think, Isaiah?
2: I don't think it's going to be much better, but I do think we come away with the win. <laughs> yeah. I think we come at away least with... One. We split Utah Valley and St. Mary's. Okay. I think we're going to beat Utah Valley and fall to St. Mary's right. and take one from Stanford University okay, in the three-game series. That's not bad. But Stanford is legit, and they're yeah. they're a loaded staff, especially on the offensive end. So
0: We might be able to sneak one.
2: Sneak one. Yeah. Sneak one. It may be early, maybe right. toward the latter end of that three-game, right. but I, you got to have faith at some point, and I think we'll start to really pick it up on both ends of the field.
0: What so. do you think t- 2 and 3 on this upcoming weekend, Tyler?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking a, a 1 and 4, 2 and 3 in that realm. Right. I think I think we steal the St. Mary's. I think we drop to Utah Valley and then I think we might get swept by Stanford. Stanford's got a good program. They're 11 and 2 right now as I said. Um, especially in Stanford, um, the team's been doing a lot of traveling recently. I don't know how that's going to affect them. Um, always tough playing on the road against you know a Pac-12 opponent like Stanford. Um, so I think we might be able to steal one. I could see us stealing uh, one of the doubleheader games on Saturday. Um, and then at full strength, I think Stanford's too much on Sunday. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm
0: kind of leaning towards a one and four, but I'm hopeful for a two and three uh, weekend for the, the softball ladies. Two and three would not be bad, especially because of the caliber of teams we are playing Again, slow start, but there is plenty, plenty of time to get things back on track before conference season starts. We have a long way, so, um, you know, really early to get things going and uh, turning around. But Let's go from one slow start to another slow start as we transfer into baseball. Rough weekend for the baseball team as we dropped all three games to the Portland Pilots. That's a, that's a name, What's Portland name? Pilots. Friday saw two games of action as the pack dropped the first game, a whopping 14 to 1, and the second game 13 to 0. Combined 27 runs to one in those first two games. Absolutely no offense. Absolutely no defense. We are pitching, struggled. Bats couldn't find the ball. Josh Samora, though, a little bit of a bright spot. Three for seven on the day. Lost the, uh launched the first home run of the year for Nevada. Owen Schartz got the start and uh, struck out eight, however, allowed seven earned runs in four and one-third innings. Jake Jackson was the game-two starter and also got roughed up a little bit going four and two-thirds inning, allowing three earned runs with three walks and four strikeouts. Saturday was canceled, thank God. <laughs> Because going in fourth game would have been a little rough, I think. Um, but Sunday was the final game of the four game, and then went down to three game series. We fell six to four, so a little bit of offense, but then again, um, giving up six runs is not the best. Shane O'Malley, who's a new face to the Wolfpack, got the start and had a good first outing, going five innings with only two earned runs. Shrum and Marco Venezuela both launched home runs to account for the pack's four runs. However, it was not enough to secure the Pack's first win of the season. 0-3 start. Um, some good news, though, and some some positives is Shrum on a pretty hot pretty hot streak. I mean, two home runs in the first weekend, that is unreal. So looking to probably make it, what, four home runs after this, pa- after this <laughs> weekend coming up? No, but all, all seriousness, at least someone is seeing the ball and it's going to be able to put a bat on the ball. And then um, pitching can do better it's good that at least one of our pitchers um was able to perform going five innings and two earned runs for o'malley but how do you guys think the first weekend went for pack baseball obviously let's state the obvious here obviously not the way we wanted it to go 0 and three i mean the first two games 27 to 1 combined but all in all i mean there is some learning to take away from these games probably wasn't even the best competition we're gonna see we have a pretty tough stretch Um, This weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Oregon, University of Oregon, that's going to be a tough one as well. So how do you think this uh, weekend sets us up for the future, Isaiah? We'll start with you.
2: It's big. It's big. They're traveling back to Oregon and another three-game stretch against another tough Pac-12 opponent, but it's games like these, like you said, with the softball team. It's games like these to help you prepare for conference, and I think it's big. I think the biggest thing we need to work on, I know the scores may look deceiving, It's the lack of offensive production. That's really, really scary because the runs are coming in bunches for the opposition. I mean, you're talking about Portland, both back-to-back games, are piling up eight or more runs toward the tail end of five innings. That's kind of scary. No offensive production because we can't even tally six or more hits. So I think there's a lot of growth, and I think, like you said, with Josh Samore and Dylan Trump already off to hot starts at Mm -hmm. the plate, that's not mentioning – you know, all Mountain West first team selection, Jalen McLaughlin not finding his groove yet at the plate. So it's early, but this this is a huge, huge three-game series coming up for us just because of the level of competition and how we look to bounce back coming off a three-game sweep, potentially four like you mentioned. So
0: Right, it, it is early. Obviously, the, the team needs to wake up a little bit. And then how much stock are you putting in these first three games um, looking towards Oregon as we are traveling back into Oregon? I mean, how much stock do you put into these these games that we lost pretty badly at.
1: I mean, like Isaiah said, it's like the softball starts very early. Uh, You got guys playing in a lot of new roles. We see Jalen hitting in the two spot, uh, and I I think all three games, if I'm not mistaken, Um, somewhere he really hadn't hit a lot of last season. Last season he was, you know, five, six, kind of deeper in the lineup, kind of protected by Dylan Shrum um, and those big bots in the middle of the order. But just a lot of new faces and new positions. You know, you have – sophomore and Owen Schartz. It's the Friday starter. Pitched very well through the first two innings. That's where he accumulated, I think, six or seven of his strikeouts was that first two innings. But then just kind of lost it in the third and then in the fourth as well. Um, and then you see, obviously, Jake Jackson um, also getting kind of thrown into a newer role, um, not the best. But then Shane O'Malley, you know, a really decent start going five, only allowing two, sprinkled in a couple walks, but really wasn't hurting that. Um, so I think it's just a lot of new faces in new positions right now. Uh, it's going to take some time to adjust, and I think Oregon's going to be a real confidence booster for both offense and defense. You know, If we can get the staff going right, throw a couple more scoreless ending, innings, you can definitely build on the Sharks' start. You know, take those first two innings, cut out the last two, build on those first two, and I think um, you know, the guy just needs to get settled down right now against a, you know, a good Oregon team who's 0-4 right now but has played some really good competition.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree, and that is what we're looking forward to, and that is, like, the question is, even though it is such a small sample size, I'm going to be devil's advocate and say maybe Owen and Jake won't be able to fill in their roles, or, you know, is it just a little bit of jitters?
2: Well, I think the one thing to take away from it is the overall growth from both of those guys from last year, because what the kind of silver lining that's connected both of them is their struggles, and that's dating back to last season, and I think, even coming off a rough couple outings for both of them to start the year, the sky's the limit for both of them. They've showed that, like, charts flashed his stuff. He was hitting 92 with his two seniors, kind of painting the outside corner. It looked really nice. And I think one of the things that goes unnoticed throughout this, because once again, the box score looks really deceiving, but yeah. our bullpen towards the back end was really, really on fire. We talked Blaine Abeda, one of the new faces that you mentioned, Tyler, was, hey, got his first appearance, five-pitch strikeout. Flashed a 94-mile-per-hour fastball. Oof. That kid can throw some heat. Clayton Westrope, another new Juco product, pitched another scoreless inning on Saturday against Portland. So when you kind of have that, I uh, just kind of like that backing in your bullpen, and you're trying to find, I don't know, a, even like a mid-7, 8-inning reliever, you know, someone to get you to the bridge to the ninth where Blaine can throw serious heat, that can give you some, you know, at least comfort as a starter knowing that hey at least the guys behind me got my back no matter what deficit we could try and throw out us and that's that's pretty huge going forward for us so I think we have a lot of room to grow
0: so you're saying it's too early it's too early
2: to say oh, the yeah. sky is
0: falling and oh, I totally yeah. agree I totally agree I mean you look at who's leading the team in batting average right now you have Josh Moore and Dylan Trump no surprise there but Jalen McLaughlin is sitting all the way down in that sixth spot with point zero nine one and 11 at bats you know that's going to increase, and you know he's going to do way better than that. So, I mean, like you guys are saying, there's a lot of time to grow, and there's a lot of time to get things, you know, righted in this shift. And if we know anything, we know that T.J. Bruce is going to do his job. And we know that this team is going to be ready to play come Mountain West time. And they have no time to sulk, as we've been saying. They're going back to Oregon to play the University of Oregon, the Ducks, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday action starts at 4 p.m tomorrow and we'll be able to recap all that as it happens now on to some olympic sports i know women's golf and men's golf is not really uh olympic sports but we'll just lump that into that category as well women's golf having an all right uh finish here at the uh, rebel beach invitational tyler how'd they do
1: yeah, I mean, they wrapped up the Rebel Beach on Tuesday with an 8th place finish, so not the best, No, um, but definitely maybe not the worst. Yeah, uh, The Wolfpack finished the event at 29 over par, just a few shots back of placing the top half of the field. Nevada combined for a team score of 298 on the final day, matching its second round score. The Pack placed 8th in the 11th team field and finished above co-tournament host UNLV, which is always a bright spot. Yep. Uh, Nevada will return to action at the Grunlock Invitational March 2nd and 3rd at Del Paso Country Club in the beautiful Sacramento, California. Shout out to Sac.
0: But yes, not not the best. Not the no. best for women's golf. But like I was going to say, the bright spot is finishing above UNLV. Just showing once again, like we didn't need any more examples, just how much better this school is better than UNLV. So, um, But we did finish 8th in 11-team field. You wouldn't... Not the best, I would say, but um, definitely for some room for improvement, and um, we, they will be back in action, like you said, March second through third at the Gun Rock Invitational at Del Paso County Club or Country Club in Sacramento. So that will be fun to watch. Track and field finished day one of the Boise State Challenge with a new school record, some new personal bests. And some qualified final placements. Sophomore Emily Costello highlighted day one with a new school record in the 200-meter dash. Sophomore out of Folsom, California. Shout out Folsom. Continues to add to her already impressive resume as her, as her time of 24.06 seconds moved her up from the number six spot to the number one spot at at Nevada in the event. So she now holds the Nevada record. So shout out to Emily Costello. On the second day, sophomore Emily Costello, who broke the school record in the 200-meter dash uh, in the first day, continued her success in the 400-meter dash. Costello ran an impressive 55.39, which increased her already fourth-place Nevada all-time placement in the event. The time also earned her a first-place finish in the meet. This was enough to get her Wolfpack Player of the Week from the school so shout-out to Costello, man, doing work on that track and field team. Friend of the podcast, Lauren Green. I had a podcasting class with her. Oh, so, nice. You know, yeah, yeah a Little f- shout-out Lauren. Shout-out Lauren Green. Earned a second-place finish in the event with a time of 56.79 seconds, the time only being .01 seconds slower than her personal best. Ooh. So shout-out to Lauren Green for placing well and almost, just almost beating her personal best. This will conclude the indoor regular season for the pack. They will now take a week off before it competes in the Mountain West Indoor Championships in Albuquerque, New Mexico. On February 27th through the 29th, I learned that this is different from the regular Mountain West Championships. Yes. Didn't know that. There's an indoor indoor and an outdoor. The indoor outdoor. Yeah. yeah, and the indoor season's real real short, learning, learning that. Um, I wrote down here in the notes, Track is a learning process for all of us because I don't know how to report on it. Neither do I know what's really going on. You so, know, as
1: as a kid who ran one year of 8th grade track, I think— So then you're the expert. The, on why the, am gonna I reading this I'm going to be the expert. Off. I don't know. Yeah, you, you, just,
0: sh- you d- should be reading this off. <laughs> all right, we'll switch. Yeah, we'll switch yeah. after. You know what? Do the whole thing over again. And, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, I mean, um, so indoor championship, 27th through 29th of February, not the same as Mountain West regular championship. I think that's way later. But— Good to know, and we'll be able to recap all that after it happens—not this upcoming weekend, but the following weekend. Men's tennis took place as well. Tyler, how'd they do? You know what? They did all right. Yeah. Uh, they started out uh, St. Mary's, yeah. which they fell to by score
1: four to two at the North Tennis Complex in Morgan, California, on Saturday afternoon. Okay. Uh, the loss was the third in the row for the Wolfpack, kind of skidding. Oof! Yeah. But they played Sacramento State next. Okay. And we took the win. Let's uh, go. We improved to six and three on the season after beating Sac State uh, by a score of five to two on Sunday at the Sac State tennis courts. Uh, we won all three doubles matches to earn the first point of the day, and then Nevada won matches on courts four, five, three, two, uh, but lost on courts six and one. Um, however, the singles play paired with the dominant doubles play gave us the edge on the day. Uh, next up for the Pac-Men's tennis team, uh, we play Cal on Saturday,
0: February 22nd at 1 p.m. Oh, we'll be able to recap that after it happens. We were playing at Cal, so we are traveling to Cal, kind of staying in that Sacramento Bay Area, I guess, area, yeah. you know? Yeah. But uh, it's good that we can turn things around. That third loss in a row, I mean, we started off hot. We were yes. like... We were 4-1. and one. Yeah, we were 4-0. 4-0. No, oh. four four. Oh. no, we were... F- 3-0. Oh. Yeah, yes, there we go. We found three it, 3-0, and, <laughs> it. Three and oh until we lost those three games in a row. So it's good that we can turn things around and not sulk before we played Sacramento State and uh, took that dub, and we'll be able to recap everything Saturday, February 22nd. In two days, we'll be able to recap that as well. Women's tennis, though, men's and women's tennis both in action. Nevada women's team fell to Pacific last Friday afternoon by a score of 5-2. to two. To open up home play for the spring season, we're now obviously 1-0 on the spring season. And then the Pack's lone singles win came on court two, where freshman Sonia Shikanova claimed victory in two sets, 6-2 to and then 6-1. to Shikanova dominated throughout her play on court two, not letting Pacific's Dohee Lee get close at any point. Shikanova dominated her start to spring play and is impressive that she she's only a freshman doing this to um, other schools, probably veteran players. Let's just hope now that the rest of the squad can step up and really show out because Owen wanted to start the season. Not the best. But like we've been saying with other pack sports that have been struggling early, there's a lot of action to be played. We're going to be taking a little bit of a break, but the Wolfpack squad will be back in action at the end of the month, February 27th matchup at Sonoma State, followed by the Hornets at Sacramento State, February 28th. So by this weekend, and then we'll be back into play next week for women's tennis. Swimming and diving, last but not least of the Olympic sports, 2020 Mountain West Swimming and Diving Championships open strong Wednesday with three events competing on the day. San Diego State sits in first place after the first day with 202 points. The pack is just nine points behind them with 193. Then it goes Wyoming, Fresno State, Boise State, Colorado State, New Mexico, UNLV all the way in eighth, the Little Brothers feel bad for them, and then San Jose State and Air Force Those were the standings after the first day. The day started with all three divers qualifying for the finals, sweeping the prelims in 1 2 3 fashion, continuing to dominate like swimming and diving usually do. In the evening session, the pack finished second in the 200 yard medley relay with a time of 1 minute 38 seconds, or I should say 1 minute 38.43 seconds.
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) with a that's good for a new school record, but they just fell in second during the relay break. The finals for the one meter springboard occurred. It came down to the final round of the dives that determined who would visit the podium. Sophomore Laura Isabel Vasquez Lopez, who I think was a Wolfpack player of the week at one point, Mm -hmm. took gold with a score of 315.35. She's now the seventh Nevada diver in the last eight years to win the event. It also marked a personal record for her. On Tuesday, uh, Donna DiPolo qualified in the 200 meter breaststroke with a time of 2 minutes 31.3 seconds when the Mountain West hosted a long course time trials qualifying for the 2020 u.s olympic team trials wow so shout out to donna dipolo shout out to the swimming and diving team for doing what they do best competition continues today so we'll be able to give you guys updates as it happens um but strong start for swimming and diving i mean we've been saying this on the podcast isaiah you obviously know as well this is probably the best program in
2: school history i mean
0: school right now i mean they are they are obviously uh, one of the strongest programs and continuing to dominate. Do you think we'll take the um, number one place at this yes. uh, this Mountain West yes. tournament? Or do you no, think no we're going to fall in second again? No
2: doubt. Kind of speaks to the testament of this program. When you don't win the Mountain West Championships as yeah. a swimming and dive program, it's a bad season. Yeah. When, you're, Crazy. when you don't have two people qualifying for Olympic trials, Yeah. it's kind of a disappointing season. And look at the cast we have. This is Megatron, this right. is like fantasy squad type stuff with Andresa Cholodowskis. You have Donna DiPolo, just so many people who can <laughs> just, yeah. s- flat out. And this, this is no no joke swim, which right. is a lot harder than it shows, yeah. Seriously. No, like it's 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 fire. So, and the, I, this was,
0: team, unreal, unreal, like you're saying, uh, pro- kind of like the fantasy team for the Mountain West swimming and diving. And I wouldn't be surprised if we took home. The number one spot, and we'll be able to give you guys updates as it happens as well. Now, to the nitty gritty basketball talk. We'll start off with women's basketball. We played New Mexico, and that was last night. We won by a score of 86 78 in OT. Who said this team can't compete in cl- crunch oh, time? Come Amanda. on, Coach Levins, come Amanda. Coach Levens, Come on. Winning in OT. This is win number four for the, the squad, fifth win in six games. I mean, this game uh, really proved to me that this team has come a long way. It re- it really has. Looking at the box score from last night, I mean, this team has really grown leaps and bounds. We've been saying this for weeks now. If people keep listening, Amanda Levins has her team performing at just the right time. We are now sixth in the Mountain West standings. We were... 10. 10 11th, even. Yeah, we're even dropping
2: and that low.
0: And so. for this team to be six, we'll break down how everything's going to uh, finish, but we have a serious shot at getting a first round bye, which is unreal looking at where we were just a month and a half ago. Some key players in that win last night Marguerite Effa, 19 points, nine for 14 from the field, four rebounds. Very, very efficient night for Marguerite Effa, one point shy of 20. Nia Alexander, 17 points, 9 rebounds, 1 rebound shy for a double-double. Essence Booker, 14 points, not as efficient, 2 for 10 from the field, but that free throw line stat, 10 for 12 from the line, incredibly efficient there, getting those free points when you can. 8 rebounds, showing a little bit of a Lindsey Drew-esque from rebounds from that guard position. Deja Hamilton, 12 points, 6 assists, 7 rebounds, doing a little bit of everything. She's been really playing at a high level as of late. Amani Lacey, 15 points, seven rebounds. One thing that did not surprise me, though, is our struggling uh, shooting night. Only went three for 14 from deep, so struggled a little bit shooting the ball from the three land. But, I mean, you look at all these numbers Marguerite, Nia, Essence, Deja, Amani, all these people stepping up, helping us give us this really tough win in overtime coming down in the stretch. We now know this team's DNA. Not much shooting, but we're going to crash the boards. We had 54 rebounds in the game yesterday. We're going to play tough defense, and we're going to score down low, 54 points in the paint as well. Pair this DNA with a first-round bye, and is this a team that teams are going to be quivering in their boots to face come Mountain West tournament time? Tyler, we'll start with you.
1: I don't know if quivering is the right <laughs> word.
0: I do like the adjective, but I don't know if quivering
1: – I think they should be scared, though. Um, I mean, like you said, this team – we bully people down low and it's kind of been our bread and butter for the past, you know, this four game win streak at least um, has been, you know, um, Marguerite Effa, Neil Alexander, Amani Lacey, just really getting in the paint, even Deja Hamilton at times, getting down in the paint and making those gritty rebounds and really just, you know, giving teams a hard time down there. And it's something that's carried us in this four game win streak, especially when Essence Booker really hasn't done a lot. I think, at the end of regulation, I want to say she had two or four points. And in overtime is when they started fouling. She started hitting all the free throws, which brought her up to uh, 14 for the game. Um, but really, it was the Marguerite Effa show last night. Uh, someone who played extremely well, um, stepped up when he really needed her to, and especially when New Mexico took the lead in that third quarter. I mean, we got outscored 25 to 11 in the third after taking the slight advantage into the fourth, or excuse me, into half, and then getting beat pretty bad in the third quarter. You know, this team's uh, ability to bounce back with, you know, a lot of the role players really stepping up was an awesome sight to see. So I don't think it should be – teams shouldn't be quivering, but they should be, you know, pretty scared when they see us um, in the Mountain West tournament.
0: And they should be on notice because this team is playing their their best basketball they have been playing all year long. I mean, five wins in six games and playing well down the stretch in close games too. I mean, you see this Air Force game we won by four – Uh, UNLV, we won by three Overtime against New Mexico And now we have a chance To really make our presence known With an upset brewing At Fresno State on Saturday Who just took their first loss To a very bad Air Force team So they might be over the season And so we sneak in there with a win you never know, Isaiah. What do you, Gosh, what do you you're, think?
2: You're Mr. Hopeful, I must I know. say. I mean, no, oh, I Nevada's going Nevada to upset going to upset SDSU. The, men, the men's Fresno one's a fact. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Once again, I I don't see us winning this Fresno State game, but as but you, you look, guys, look at those
0: two games behind it, though. Wyoming, right, and, San Diego Wyoming State, and San Diego
2: State. are more than huge, winnable. Huge and games. the stretch we're putting together right now, like Tyler is saying, is so impressive, not just on the offensive end, but on the defensive end. This is a team that's playing with a full combined effort. All five players on the floor, you're back-to-back games now where you're holding your opponent to sub-20% shooting from three on more than 15 attempts, holding them to 35% from the field. That is winning plays. That's winning formula. And I think Levens has her girls playing amazing basketball right now. And it's like you said, Austin, it's at the perfect time. What better time to do it than... And upset at Fresno State? Right. Maybe. You never know. Maybe. I mean, you got me feeling hopeful. Maybe. I thought it was just a Thursday, but no. (laughs) No. No, It's got me feeling
0: good. hopeful Thursday over here. We sit in sixth place. That was really cheesy. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We sit in sixth place right now. Please don't stop listening. Yeah, no. Please don't. (laughs) We sit in sixth place right now. UNLV, Wyoming, San Jose State, Boise, and Fresno State sit above us. And if you look at our remaining schedule, we have Fresno State, Wyoming, and San Diego State. If we beat Wyoming, we take care of business against San Diego State, you might see a leapfrog into that fifth spot, getting that first round by, taking over where UNLV is right now. Would that actually be more beneficial? Like, I think a six seed might be a little bit more beneficial mm-hmm. so you do not have to play Fresno, Fresno State. Kind of, kind of.
2: What are you guys thinking? Could be. I mean, I, I mean, think no matter. Obviously, you want to win these yeah. games,
0: but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I just think
2: with whoever we're going to play, you're going to get our best effort no matter what. It this would be, is true. It would be nice, though. It wouldn't be bad to catch a break here and there, but, you know, there's still early – well, not early in the year, but there's still a few more games left to be played, and maybe we could pat our seating ourselves. So
0: Right. And that's the cool thing about the women's team, contrary to the men's team, is that we have our fate in our hands, basically. We play San Diego State, who's literally one tied with us in, in the sixth spot so we can get a little distance from them play wyoming who's two spots ahead of us and then obviously we have that game on saturday against fresno state who is 15 and 1 took their first l against air force who by the way is sitting 10th in the mountain west right now with only five wins on their conference schedule which is kind of crazy to think about obviously that's just a case of don't sleep yeah coasting to the very end because you already won mountain west regular season title but fresno state on saturday is huge huge game we might be able to pull off the upset i'm hopeful i know Isaiah's not very hopeful that's a 2 p.m game on saturday and this is going to be at fresno state do you guys think it's ugly or do you think it's going to be a close game what do you guys think for score predictions before we move on to men's i think we could take them in the first half but i think fresno states
1: i mean they've won lot they've lost one game in conference for a reason this team is very very good um like you said some senior leadership on transfers and then they have the pair of twins in the backcourt that are just unbelievably talented. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. I think I'm going to mark us down losing by 10 around that. I don't really have a score because on one hand, I think our defense is amazing, but on the other hand, it's Fresno State women's basketball. Uh, Their offense can put up some serious points. So um, I'm going to have us dropping it by 10, but keeping it close in the first half and then kind of getting uh, kind of pulled
0: away um, in the second half. Isaiah, what are you thinking? Ten-point loss sound correct to you?
2: No, I'm thinking a little bit closer. Okay. Because mm-hmm. um, I think Fresno State Nevada, in terms of the women's side, share a lot of the same DNA. They're another team that goes eight or nine players deep with a lot and a lot of offensive talent. So I think there's going to be a lot of time for – a lot of opportunity for points to be scored. I'm just thinking kind of like what Tyler said in the end is pulling away in the second half. So I'd have us losing 78-72 just kind of playing the free throw game okay. down the stretch and just – Unfortunately, not having it go our way.
0: All right, but this is a gut check game to really uh, see what we're made out of, truly. And then those final two games are what my eye is going to be on Monday, 6 30, at home, senior day, fan appreciation day at home against Wyoming. And then Thursday, 5 30 p.m. at San Diego State. Those two games are going to be ginormous, huge games. Um, the one upcoming on this Saturday, not so much, but we'll be able to. Obviously, give you live stats and updates as it is happening. But let's transfer now to men's basketball. A very emotional game uh, on Tuesday. A good game for us, though, ultimately. We beat New Mexico 88-74. to It wasn't really a game. I remember one time the, the crowd got into it a little bit um, after I think it was a Zane turnover and then a three. Um, but we called timeout. Good coaching by Alford again. Was able to quiet down the crowd and uh, yeah, it wasn't really close on this one. Um, as I would, as I said, Alfred and Craig Neal got booze. Horrible, horrible! New Mexico fans should be ashamed of themselves for booing that god that gave them the best ten-year stretch in their entire program history. What time? did you see the sign that no. was right
1: behind Steve Alfred no, about Harvard?
0: Said. Oh no, god. god!
1: It was uh, I forget who posted it on Twitter, but there's a video and it's. Someone tweeted earlier in the game with before the video and said some lady was holding up a sign and said, you know, something about you know their Harvard. I guess it was a loss in a in a tournament game or something like that, and and it was like a sixty five year old lady holding up the sign They're screaming ruthless. at Steve Alfred. They're ruthless. And it was just unbelievable. But I thought that was kind of a funny moment. Like who would have thought it'd be. You know, an older lady holding up a sign. You thought it'd be like a student right. trying to make fun of him, but well, it, was, it and, was an older lady. And I lady. get
0: the I get the Craig Neal booze. Okay, his yeah. time there was uh, still won a
2: Mountain West tournament championship in twenty fourteen. Th- yeah. that's after that's after right after like two years after Alfred left for UCLA.
0: Look, I'm I'm the one that said I don't think they should have gotten booed. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, to do what they did at New Mexico, seven Mountain West championships in ten years, NCA tournament runs, <sighs> like. Come on. And you boo the guy for leaving for one of the meccas of college basketball at UCLA? Like, who's going to turn down UCLA? People people don't understand how good they have it. I mean, Nevada fans were booing Musk for a damn picture, and he got us to three March Madness tournaments, a sweet 16. Like, or was it? Yeah, yeah, three yeah. March the Madness.
1: rebirth of the basketball program
0: at right. Nevada. And you want to boom as well. I, I don't get it. I am... I'm, Really, really confused when it comes to college basketball fans and booing coaches that gave you their, their best years in program history.
2: I understand where you're coming from. Is I think the reason why they're so mad at him is how he did it, right? Because it was right. after he signed that extension he signed with the presser. signed a contract. Said he's never leaving. Never leaving. leaving no place like home. So I'd imagine... I think some of us would be upset if Mus did that, but well, definitely. At the same time, I see both sides, and I would ultimately side with you because you got to appreciate right. what yeah. he's done to that right. program. And
0: there's a difference between being upset and booing them when they come back for the first game. Like, Grant, okay, he edited a picture. He and imagine him like right re-signing a like a ten-year-long deal. Like imagine Mus signing a ten-year-long deal, saying he's never leaving and home's home. And then he goes and leaves. Home means Nevada. Home means Nevada. <laughs> I still don't think he should come back and people boo him for that. I still, I mean, like, people, there's no appreciation no more. No appreciation. Uh. <laughs> I just turned Italian for <laughs> two <laughs> seconds. But after this one in seven star, I'm done ranting about New Mexico. They don't Thank deserve God. any more of my breath. Here enough, I've had it at the house. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. 7 Mountain West champion. Whatever. We can talk about it later. Uh, after a 1-7 and seven start on the road, we have now won two in a row on the road. Are, are we now road warriors? Oh. No. 100%. Oh. No. Oh. No. Okay.
2: Furthest thing from it. I think
0: I okay. is the one that keeps us grounded because yeah. I was about to go all <laughs> yeah. down. There. Well, I mean, think about it. A ruckus crowd at UNLV. In the pit. Granted, those teams are not the best teams. See, we, shushed the, West, the so. we shushed the pit. We shush the pit. We like, shush yeah. the pit, Isaiah. I
2: but then we just like we fall to our competition in the empty seats yes. at SJSU. Yes, yes. I mean, I there agree. was barely half a half a half an arena there. But still, th- too early to call us Road Warriors, huh? No, not to say that we're not <laughs> playing our good some good basketball on the road though. Finally, <laughs> right, it's yeah. it's. That's... I agree,
0: and it's sparred by or sparked by our arguably, even though I don't think it is an argument. Mountain West Player of the oh, Year, no. Jalen Harris,
2: oh, twenty-six
0: boy. points. 9 for after that whole confusion. Oh, 28. 28 points.
2: 28? 28. He, had 30. 30, he had 30, and then they shorted him for the— uh, Went down to M-back 26, point. and
0: then went down, went back up 28. You know, at the end of this, he's going to have, it's like, 10 points. Yeah, I don't know what's
2: going this is on. That's
0: crazy. Jalen Harris, 28 points. So was it 9 for 17 from the field?
2: It was. Okay.
0: Okay, <laughs> 2 for 7 from 3? Yep. Okay, and 9 rebounds?
2: Uh, No, career-high 11. What? Until did
0: he didn't— <sighs> See, I don't know,
2: because in the— Right here, it says— Oh no, you're right with twenty six points. You're right. So we we split. Twenty-six
0: one. points, nine rebounds.
2: Are we so we're some assists. different
0: stats. It went down again? It yeah. went I'm on the I'm on Nevada basketball.
2: Box score. See, I'm on New Mexico's. They See, shorted him. So no on, look at that. No, so no look one really that. knows what's yeah. going yeah, on no one. No But no, one one you knows. were right. It's twenty six and nine. You know what what
0: I do know is Jalen Harris had a great game and he's the damn Mountain West player of the year, all right? No. That's Amen. what I do know. No, That's what no, I do I, know. I'm going to read off these stats, and we're going to have a little talk, Isaiah. Okay, all right? I got it. Lindsey, 14 points, 5 for 7 from the field, 4 for 5 from 3, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 block, 2 steals, and a damn partridge in a pear tree for Lindsey Drew, the point god. Jazz Johnson, 15 points, not so efficient from the field, 5 for 12, 3 for 9 from deep, been struggling to score since the shoulder injury. I don't know if that's going to be hindering him late in the season. Mountain West Tournament, God forbid it... If- bugs them in the uh NCA tournament Whoa. if we do make it knock on wood again but um I think he's due for a major major game win better than the SDSU game coming up a week from to a week from Saturday Zane 14 points 5 for 9 from the field 4 for 7 from deep 5 rebounds our young players stepping up in the clutch Lindsey Drew the true definition of a point god though the only pack player in history like to ever step court in the silver and blue, like ever to ever play ever, rec- recorded 900 points, 600 rebounds, and 500 assists in his career. Point God, unreal, unreal. And then Jalen Harris, obviously doing what he's doing, Mountain West Player of the Year. And oh I don't want to hear Malachi Flynn. Hey, dude,
2: it is. Malachi I don't want to hear Flynn. it.
0: But why take, why take someone, why take a team record over someone that's obviously better performing? So, so the you're West
2: you're gonna hinder Malachi Flynn for being the best player on the number four team ranked in the country? No, I'm just saying if you look at the
0: statistics.
2: If you let's look at the statistics. He's, he's gotta be defensive win shares. He's gotta been offensive win shares per. Besides an, scoring rebounds in, and three point percentage, Malachi assists. Flynn oh, no, no he but, leads the conference right. in assists.
0: But I mean, putting on a steals show and putting points up and putting Is the points ball, everything.
2: I mean, I mean, this isn't my career we're talking I mean, about here. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry.
0: And and and. Arguably, Jalen Harris is like the only guy we've been having right now going on this amazing tear, putting the entire team so, on his back. Okay,
2: so that's where I'd argue, not argue, but that's where I'd agree with you. If there right. was like a Mountain West MVP, Jalen Harris wins that undoubtedly, in my opinion, because oh, Nevada without saying, him right. Most is, okay. is so almost oh, lifeless. but I
0: see what you're saying. But take away Malachi Flynn from SDSU, they're probably still running
2: the Mountain West. Probably certainly be, s- they certainly wouldn't be. They wouldn't be undefeated, and but they, they not would, I don't know if they, they, would, they would even be inf- top fifteen in the country. Ooh, have you gets... seen Malachi Flynn play? That kid, the, is he's unreal. unreal. He's unreal. And he,
0: like, but he there. But in the games that they, that they've been close in, he's been struggling. He, he and struggles, and that's that's one thing that if I think if they do come to Lawler and Malachi Flynn has an off game and we have a sold out crowd, we take a W,
2: straight up. I yeah I, I still can't <laughs> I, I, just, I just and I'm sorry. I'm 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 not trying to be. <laughs> I love like, it.
0: No, I just think it, I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious because you know one one of us has hope.
2: The other it's just not hates about <laughs> Yeah, oh, the other one hates I'm Nevada. just trying to be as objective as possible and oh, look at something called statistics. Oh, I, agree. I, was, I was tough. And that's that the same. That's wife. the reason why I'm putting Flynn above oh, Harris sorry. for that reason because oh, it's oh. if besides scoring three point percentage and rebounds, yeah. Flynn's got him. Dominated. I mean, and it, this is both conference and non. Right. And and
0: and it. it I would agree. It is impressive that they haven't lost a damn game, and they are top five in the country. I mean, that's just an unreal, an unreal year. This is what a lot of Pac fans were thought were going to happen last year. This is all. They, this is exactly what Pac is, fans thought was going to happen. Is last this?
2: Year. Didn't you guys say last week that this year's SDSU team should have been what last year's Nevada team was? I agree.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. Or at least the ceiling. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, and, and if everything would have worked out, if people would have clicked, if, you know what I mean, it would have worked out, and we might have been able to get there. But some stuff happens. We don't play the best we play. We crumble down late, and um, <clears throat> we saw what happens. First round loss to Florida. Yep. So, But you know what? Don't I, – I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold your breath on Saturday night. I man.
1: just want to say one thing, too, about SDSUs. I've been calling for Lawler to be sold out for about a month now for this game, right? And um, you, you guys are you have finally, been saying that it should be sold out. You right? guys are finally answering my prayers, yep. all the listeners out there. So I applaud you and I thank you for making my small voice heard. How and many I, tickets are left? I don't right? know. Not a lot. I, I was no? trying to look up on the page, and the the thing is very vague. It says – like an upper bowl, it says low – tickets available so i'm assuming that means like maybe like there's some singles and then there's some that say low well the majority of them say low and then there's two that say singles and then there's two that say medium but when i looked a couple weeks ago
0: someone said there was only 100 tickets left was that true i saw it on twitter i saw it on twitter too i'm a i thought it was 200 okay Either way, either way, that needs to get. I mean, we still have a week and a half. I might buy all the tickets myself. Jesus, <laughs> I got my They're tax this, return oh coming my, in. Uh oh, uh, 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 All tax. the tickets. No
2: better place to spend your money <laughs> than
0: buying excess seats for. <laughs> well, as Isaiah will put it, an L. So that's and the then I'll just like I'll 200. just hand them out to
1: students on <laughs> campus or not students. I can't do that because they already get free tickets. Um, that's where nice. should we go to hand them out? Uh, I think people's archies. archie's? archie's Kind of Do people?
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, don't people crowd like the upper end of Virginia Street, kind of waiting to see if the game's gonna uh, start? Yeah. Do they really? I, I've that's what I've heard from my oh, bosses who are trying to drive in for right. photography. I just walk, I walk to the game yeah, like a yeah. straight baller. Right.
0: Yeah. Anyway, coming up though, we broke down Mount West Player of the Year enough. <laughs> Saturday, in two days, we have a home game against Fresno State at seven p.m. That should most doubtedly be a dub right i mean oh, yeah. if we were to slip up at one game besides SDSU, would probably be fresno state though but i mean you have it's at home um it's heroes day we are celebrating heroes um i don't really know what that means
1: i think it's and first responders oh, okay. it's military. And a military military okay. appreciation okay. X and X. active military
2: so that it's, is a that's a great day it's oh, gonna be between day. breaks in the action right. where they will awesome. commemorate them yeah so.
0: that's a great day heroes day Saturday, 7 p.m. against Fresno State at home. And then we have Tuesday, 6 p.m. at Wyoming. That one should be a dub as well. The worst team in the Mountain West as of late. Oh, and it's a little bit interesting. Shout out to um, San Jose State for not being the worst basketball team this year. Wyoming took the crown. Good job. Good job, Wyoming. And then San Diego State at home Saturday, February 29th, 5 p.m. Sold-out show, sold-out crowd in mm-hmm. Lawler Event Center all right Saturday this Saturday Fresno State and then Tuesday Wyoming should we see a 2 and0 record after these two games yes or no Tyler we'll start with you yeah 100 yeah? percent I
1: think the way that this team's playing right now again we are on a four game four game win streak just like the women's team um I think it should be six as we tweeted out going into San Diego State at home right get your popcorn ready we'll make it seven uh oh, but yeah. Fresno State I think should especially at home the way this team's playing right now Jalen drops another 30. I want to see the freshmen step up. I want to see Zane Meeks, KJ Himes, and Kane Milling combine. I'll say for 15 plus points. I like that. I'd like to see that and not have it all be Zane Meeks. Right. I want to see a little bit of Kane, I want to see a little bit of KJ. Their production has been amazing uh, these past four games and I think that's, you know, they have they definitely play a big part in why we've been uh, beating these teams um you know, especially by such, like, lopsided fashions. We beat Air Force by, like, 30, killed San Jose State, and a lot of that was due to the freshmen coming off the bench. So um, I think Fresno State should be a dub. I got us winning 79-62. to 62
0: Nice. Final Fresno Slaughter. State dub. Not even a game. One thing before I g- toss it over to you, Isaiah, is I like how Coach Alfred is letting our young players play. Um, I mean, there's been multiple part- – or multiple um, – instances where i'm looking at the court and i see kj and kane out there and i'm like why are they in right we probably should have someone but i like the but i like that he's allowing them to play and like develop and get playing time as freshmen because even though they might be messing up and or they might be struggling a little bit i mean at least they're getting better and getting playing time under the belt so um but fresno state and wyoming next two games how do you think those are going to go isaiah
2: yeah i'm going to go with tyler on this one easy 2-0, 2-0. yeah I think double-digit wins for both games. And offensively, if the opposing team keeps wanting to run zone at us, you know, 3 2-3, right. two, two, please, yeah, by we'll all let it, we'll means, let it happen. we will love to let it go from deep. Please, let that happen. And on the defensive end of the floor, the way we're mixing in our defensive adjustments with the zone, and, man, it's really, really starting to take some teams out of their rhythm. And I expect that to continue. So if uh, you need a score prediction for Fresno State, I'm going to go – 89 again like it did last right. week. Whew. 89 74. 89, I mean I'm just I, I just think Not
0: even close as well. Not even close. Yeah. I just think
2: the way this team's playing especially at home more of the same will continue.
0: And you're looking at the Mountain West schedule as we wrap up this episode. SDSU obviously has a perfect 15 and 0. Utah State at 11 and 5. We are right behind Utah State in third place, 10 and 5. Boise's behind us in 10 and 6. And then Colorado State is rounding out that uh, top five with a 9-6 and six record. UNLV is tied with them. So UNLV and Colorado State tied for that uh, fifth spot. U- uh, Utah State, I mean, you're looking at the remaining of their schedule. They have two games left. They play San Jose State and New Mexico. They're probably not going to get budged from that second spot. But now we are looking for that third spot. And uh, if we continue to perform, we should be able to get it. And we're hoping for one more loss on Boise State's schedule, which will, I, in my opinion, solidify us in the third spot. I don't think it's going to be at home against New Mexico. I do, however, think it's going to be in Thomas and Mack, that last game against UNLV when Boise plays them. And that will be something to watch because if they can get another loss, we have that third spot tied up. We don't have to play that fourth and fifth, that third. That game, and then the winner obviously plays uh, SDSU. We want to wait till the uh, championship for that. Any last thoughts before we wrap up this episode, guys? From either one of you, Sean? Uh, yeah. Let's turn
1: around softball and baseball, and let's yes. keep going. Basketball. That's all I
2: got. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck to swimming and diving. Yes. Nice yes. tournament. Let's go. And we'll
0: be able to recap that let's as well. Um, we'll be watching that all day today. Thank you guys for giving us your time, and like always. Let's go. Pack.